In our previous talk with Christian, we learned the story behind Vimond and TV2 Sumo. In part two, join our after talk where I ask Christian to share his thoughts about the future of OTT. Think of when you were watching linear TV in the past. There were maybe tons of channels, but there were only one show at each channel. When you enter a service like Netflix, Sumo, whatever, it's like you're being presented by not only one service, but a number of shows to select from. Right. Uh, the key is, of course, to drag you into with uh, to shows you like. So you have to be more like personalized and that kind of things. That is not rocket science, but the. But this is an area where yeah. I, I, I personally feel like just because I watched The Crown. Suddenly, the only thing that they recommend to me is 1,800 period dramas with people in funny outfits or with English accents, right? Like that's as sophisticated as the algorithm is. What, what's that next evolution in, in selection for me? Surely there's a more nuanced way to make recommendations based on my viewing habits. One of the things I'm missing, I'm seeing uh, some initiatives around and I think those platforms are testing it out is how to promote the shows. Today you get a tiny, tiny little stamp. Looking at the big screen, there's a tiny stamp. Should I watch that stamp or not? It's like yeah. Yeah. the sexiness of the presentation. But Netflix yeah. started to kind of automatically roll the video when you come up on the screen. Exactly. Right? What might seem like a small tweak suddenly becomes – and before I know it, I'm just watching it. And, and, and as soon as you can align that kind of promotion on the platform – together with activities in social media. Ah, social on, media. Yeah. Did you just say social media? Yeah, yeah but no, no, but uh, on the different marketing channels oh, right. that is that can be uh, outdoor. It's a huge, huge um, marketing world for, for t- television. If, if, if you just look at how how the big, big shows are using those kind of, in this is special in the U.S., mm-hmm. are using those kind of outdoor uh, marketing campaigns. Right. It's like, so yeah, but that is also one of the big dile- dilemmas of, of the OTT screen because you have, you're putting a lot of money in marketing uh, um, your program externally. But that doesn't align necessarily what people are viewing on the platforms. I think your point about proper promotion is great because it's actually now that I think about it fairly amateurish across the board when I think about how shows are promoted to me. I mean I used to tune in to a network and yes, usually anchored by a particular show. But then I would end up watching the next one or or whatever. But I I would come to trust – I'm going to go back and show you that I'm now 47 years old, ABC, NBC, (laughs) CBS, Fox, whatever, with just selecting stuff. So I would just go to a channel and just watch the the shows as they developed. Is there an an opportunity with an OTT for me to launch the Kelly channel? Absolutely. Does it exist? Do you know? I've seen the Bonanza channels, just airing Bonanza episodes one after each other. I'm not sure if there are in 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 a, yeah. in a seasonal order or whatever. It's like, but it's you can't you can't go back and forth. You, they are playing the. That's the big reveal of this podcast. Uh, Christian's been binging on Bonanza episodes <laughs> all weekend long. No, so but so you think that's coming, and you think there's a space for that for for Christian to have his channel built for him based on his. Viewing habits or indeed real humans curating shows? I think so. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, the niches, if you're going back to the niches, and this, I think this is also one of the successes in, uh, say, for instance, uh, YouTube. 
that the the different channels of YouTube are very very they are focusing on very small yeah, subjects. And don't get me started on YouTube and kids. As the father of three small kids, no, oh but we God. should. But if you're interested <laughs> in this field, you should look at your kids and look at what they're doing. I might repeating someone here, but uh, no. That, but I was thinking that one area that's clearly available is uh, a better kids offering in in OTT. Christian, uh, something that is near and dear to your heart, I believe, is live television, the concept of live, the live experience. Can you talk to me about bringing live better into the OTT space? Live, that is actually my favorite band from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they have just uh, have a <laughs> separate topic. Let's not digress. No, but live, of course, is, um, is one of those things that I've been working much with um, in the past years of, uh, of TV2. And the... To get the live experience up and running, you we have in, been mentioning live channels to, which is more like niche oriented yeah. that kind of thing. But live as a distribution platform is still a very efficient way. You saw the numbers of tonight, I think, where the India cricket uh, championship was just uh, finished. And they break the so-called world record of simultaneous viewers, 10 million live viewers, uh, concurrent viewers, actually. Through what service? It's uh, it's called Hotstar. Okay. And uh, that is twice the population of Norway watching at the same time. And there are millions more. Who have from been your in own experience in producing, yeah. what was your max live Viewer number. Oh, it's uh, hundreds it, of thousands. It, it's hundreds of thousands, but it's it's uh, it's what happened there during the Winter Olympics. Yeah, in it has Sochi. to be in Norway. The winter. Okay, Sochi. Yep. Yeah, and uh, there we have uh, nearly two hundred thousand viewers at uh, concurrent viewers yeah. at the most. And and I don't know how to do this in terms of a metaphor, but if you're at two hundred thousand users, are you sitting there feeling like you've you've taken your Porsche and you've actually put the pedal all the way down <laughs> and like I hope the engine holds up, or do you you just feel like no problem. We're cruising at two hundred thousand. At at that point, we had uh, had so many small hiccups and larger hiccups in the months before because we migrated from uh, older platform to a new platform okay. to handle that. So we were very, very what you guys are tapping on the, uh, yeah. on, the on the system. Please hold up. <laughs> but uh, when we during the weeks we uh, the, the two weeks of, of the Olympics, we really saw that this was uh, solid. Yeah, the changes we made and uh, we made them together with Vimon yeah. that was huge, huge thing. So yeah. that is my personal record and one of the best uh, <laughs> the best uh, time to remember. So but give us your predictions of live going forward. There, there we were, 10 million uh, simultaneous over Indian cricket. I mean, but that t- doesn't sound talk- much like in sports. It sounds much in streaming, OTT. But that doesn't sound very much if you if you compare to a, a, a Super Bowl on uh, Yeah, on well, the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if you compare it to a playoff game, well, I think I heard that in Mexico mm-hmm. an average of 10 million people tune into soccer or football on the the weekend just by yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's a big my, my, number. Yeah, it's ten a, million's a big number. It's a big number, and my point is that in uh, the the technical realization of ten million simultaneous viewers is more wow than for an average person who have heard about oh yeah, but the Super Bowl, how many people watch that? Uh, it's like it's like tens of millions on different kind of platforms. Mm-hmm. So it, if you uh, if you compare it to the broadcast. And how many who are watching the Eurovision final in uh, in the European countries, all these kind of things. It doesn't sound very much. But 
That's well, what are the possibilities for OTT and live other than forcing me to cough up my credit card to watch the Champions League on Viaplay, which is what I did, where I had to sign up for a month and now I have an option as to whether they're going to keep going or whether I just cancel it after a month. Other than that, what are the possibilities of live and OTT going forward? I where, think do, where does live become better? Live becomes best when you can start interact with your users. Oh, okay. And if you look at HQ, the gaming platform, which is a huge, huge uh, live streaming, uh, live game show, it's like going to the similar things we saw when people were watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. People tuned in, even though Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was uh, actually a... Uh, taped show. So what do you want to be able to do that you can't do today in terms of interaction while you're watching Champions League live? You don't spoil anything before or other don't spoil it for you because as soon as you are a part of the same experience as others, nobody can spoil. And this is one of the things that people are very afraid of writing things around TV shows in social media because they're afraid of spoiling. Yep. Say, for instance, around the hit, hit, hit show, like Game of Thrones. Right. You don't They're afraid see- to comment because they issue a spoiler, and then Kelly's like, yeah. oh, I haven't seen that episode yet. Kelly, he... Uh, yeah, so that would yeah. really piss me off if you spoiled something for me and kill the whole social element. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, so but what's the- your point about this and kind of how life can be better? So somehow protecting against spoilers? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying it's a protection, but it's like... The being uh, also the feeling that you're part of something. It's like a football match. It's very much about uh, when I b- was working with football matches, like when we heard that the uh, the the SMS with the scoring result uh, popped into your phone before it happened on the streaming because streaming used to be a little bit behind mm, in right, the past. Right. It still is. It's like those kind of small things. You just sense that people really want to have them but live But do you want, life. literally yeah. want to see like a side panel of all the people who you've, uh, you've uh, opted in as your friend or authenticated through Facebook as your friends or however you've identified your friends? I'm going to challenge you more, Christian, to be more specific. You are right now having a creative brainstorm with your product development team on how to make live better for the Premier League next season. Show me, I mean, paint for me that picture of me watching at home a normally alienating experience, an unsocial, antisocial experience. Now make it social and live and interactive for me. What am I doing? What am I seeing? What are my opportunities? I think there are many opportunities, but the problem with all the interactivity, and this is what we have seen when I've been working on it, I'm not saying it's a problem, but you can't put out everything at once for everybody. Because somebody really likes to sit down, watch the match, not being being getting the full edited, produced, best camera angles from the producer. Others, they are very focused on what's happening in other match at the same time because they have maybe do, done some betting, the, the, the scoring of the, what's happening on the other, on the. Okay, so uh, option one yeah. is screen within screen, different, but we have that today that I can watch multiple matches at once by having miniature windows of, a, of another broadcast, and then I can enlarge that window and kind of reduce the other one, correct? That's available today. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's not necessarily uh, an improvement in live going forward. What are you going to do that's not being done today? 
for a live interactive experience. Yeah. But looking back from what many of things that I've tried in the past, yeah. uh, because I used to call myself a producer, it's it's it was not done good enough. And I think the execution of many services or functionalities in different services are not well enough. And when it's not well enough, people are not using them. And then they... The users are saying, hey, what, we don't need this. We would like to see the live, good production of that football match. It's almost like you could have a uh, – when you launch the live broadcast, you could have an option of how enhanced experience do you want to have. Exactly. Like I can't just go old school <laughs> or interact with friends or screen within screen or multi-camera angle. Is this what you're talking about? Maybe a better presentation to the consumer – of what type of enhanced TV or interactive TV experience they can have and then, of course, executing on it well. And you're right. When I think about it, I feel like some things are experimented with and then somehow disappear or go away. I, I believe this is what we are going to see in the next couple of years, that we will see more interactivity. And most of the good services or at least the good initiatives that have been there in the past, then it was the second screen. Everything happened on the second screen. I think when you bring it into into the navigation and maybe not only the navigation but it starts popping up when it's relevant on the main screen on the main screen yeah as a producer will do it but then you can say hey show me scores from other matches or don't show me okay, scores so from other matches that kind of selection and if you start using not calling it artificial intelligence or uh, anything yeah. but if you start using smaller uh, triggers or that you're looking for triggers within the different audience, then you can personalize this kind of extra... Um, okay, I'm going to conclude on one, which I think it's a good segue into it because it's very much the same, social. Um, I mentioned it before and I'll say it again. The main problem for me with OTT is that it's fundamentally anti-social. Yeah. I don't have a sense of wanting to talk to you about what I watched last night necessarily, and I don't get a sense that anyone else is watching what I'm watching when I'm watching it. What do you predict uh, should be done with social and OTT going forward? I think it has a problem with the water coolers uh, have, have changed. The water coolers are not the same as they used to be anymore, I, just as you say, that people are watching much, much more different. The tune-in TV is missing uh, in the OTT space. But you also see that when you have those shows who are coming once a week, if you look at – we mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. Mm. Those shows could get a higher water cooler effect than, say, for instance, a binge show from Netflix, which is all out. Because you can have watched five episodes. I haven't started. I've put it in my favorites. We'll watch it in, in three weeks. So, so I, it, let me do something simple, Christian. I am not able to access what you've watched and what you've liked and any comments you have to make about a show online. I bump into you here in Media City Bergen and we can have a coffee and, and talk, but I'm not able to log into any that I know of. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I would very much like to see what you or other of my friends have watched or not watched and what they thought about. Yeah, it's something uh, simple, quote unquote, simple like that. Wear a T-shirt could could actually have a big impact, couldn't it, on consumption, choice uh, and consumption? Absolutely, it's like uh, I was mentioning T-shirt. Wear a T-shirt because that is a part of the of the fan culture. Do you recognize yourself as a fan? I think you will 
easily express what you would like to watch. But as a more like a passive watcher, you don't do that. And I remember uh, back when Spotify had this kind of, now Christian is listening to this song. Now Kelly is listening to this song. Everybody turned it off because it got too massive. Why on earth am I going to know what every person in my network is going to be listening in to or hearing or something? They need to take an action to do it. So, no. so perhaps you can make more shareable content. And when you do that, you see those who really want to share content, say in social media or print their own T-shirts or, uh, or buy the T-shirts, they are really like to say, hey, I'm watching this. So I think it's you have to turn it a little bit backwards. It's funny you mentioned yeah. Spotify because I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Discover Weekly functional Spotify for me was absolutely eye-opening in terms of discovery. I felt like it wasn't just machines but there was a very clever hipster Swede handpicking <laughs> music for me hmm. every week. I still am convinced that there's someone who's assigned Kelly Moulton as a, as a topic because it's such a nuanced selection. If there was, could be something like that within but, video discovery – I think it would be revolutionary. Absolutely, and we still have it today. And uh, if you look at TV, the old linear TV, the broadcaster, that was maybe their pride to That's be right. the scheduler. Yeah. yeah, being the scheduler, telling people to watch. Yes, I think we. I hope to see that we will get schedulers, and that's those schedulers. They can't just be hired. They have to be what we call in the communication model, in a two-step communication model, the opinion leaders. And opinion leaders are very often, we like to call them influencers today or whatever. Yep. But in my, taken back to the old school during the, during the, when I studied media, this is an opinion leader. You have to have a trusty voice or a, someone who stands out and say, hey, watch this. This is a, it's a, it's a good, good thing. But at the, at the other end, should each platform have one of those? Or do you need someone on top of those platforms? So that's why I'm saying that bloggers are there, but perhaps they don't have built their own platform or their own visual uh, identity good enough. Christian, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, fascinating and look forward to having you back. Thank you.